morning, good morning. Let's give God praise for the wonderful privilege of being able to engage in the act of baptism and the ordinance of baptism. We are certainly delighted and elated for those ushers. Let them in, let them in, let them in, let them in. Uh, we're certainly delighted and elated to have uh, with us uh, two persons that would be baptized, a young man and a young woman. Oh, you got ready real quick. All right, we're going to hold you up just for a moment. We're going to get him first, and then we're going to get you, okay? You're fine. Amen. Um, we have two people that would be baptized this morning. We take wonderful delight that uh, they are confessing a public faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, at this time, if we can have appropriate music as far as uh, this moment is concerned. Um, all right. Brother Jordan Laws, let the church say amen. Brother Jordan, have you made a public confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Okay. So what's going to be your church home? What's going to be your church home? Trinity Chapel Church. And right, he's a member of Trinity Chapel Church. Do you want to join St. Paul or you just going to hang out wait? You think you... You going to join? Eric, leave him alone. I know you're going to be the future father-in-law, but I got him right now. All right. Soon as you're going to join St. Paul, so this is what I want you to do today. We're going to baptize you, and as we baptize you, when I ask for the doors of the church to be open, I want you to come down so that folks can see that you're becoming a part of our family of faith. Amen. Amen. Christ as your Lord and Savior, and your willingness to be baptized. We baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy
person come to the Lord and be baptized. Come on, you can do a whole lot better than that. Come on, standing all over this building. Come on, let's stand, stand. It's time for worship. Our call to worship this morning is make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that have made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Come on, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You ought to keep those hands together. Come on, come on, come on. The Lord is good. Our choir is going to sing. Please remain standing. Sprinkle. 
Amen, amen. To God we give the glory. Please turn your attention to the screen for our Advent moment. Good morning. We are the Scott family. Pastor Scott, myself, Pierre Scott, and this is our daughter, Chara Scott. And we are delighted to present the Advent uh, moment for today. Our Advent journey began with us lighting the candles of hope, peace, and love. And today, we relight them to remind us that our hope is in Christ and that he will come again to bring peace and love to the world. So today, we light the last candle, which is a sign of joy. We want to lighten the darkness around us, bring beauty to the limitations that COVID-19 has caused. If we're honest, it is beginning to wear us down. In our homes, we decorate because it is tradition, because it lifts our hearts and gives us hope, peace, and love. It makes us feel as though there is a semblance of normalcy. Our preparation is not in vain because soon God's promises to us will be fulfilled. Soon there will be joy. Hear the words of the prophet Isaiah found in chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, as we come on this last Sunday of Advent and making the shift to Christmas time, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we thank you for what we've been able to remember and reflect upon. Hope, peace, love, and our joy. Those attributes have empowered us during this season of COVID, from COVID-19 all the way to the Omicron variant to be able to navigate this moment. God, we thank you how you have kept us. And we realize that joy is not based upon what is happening, but Lord, our joy is based upon our relationship with you. So we come because we realize that we gather in worship because we have joy. We lift up holy hands because we have joy. We bless your name because we have joy. God, as we prepare to worship you in spirit and in truth today, would you in your own sovereign and imitable way allow for the manifestation of your Shekinah glory to rest with us and among us so that we can feel your presence in a magnificent way. Lord, we pray right now that you will empower us to really worship you in the way you deserve with a sense of joy. 
So, Lord, for those that are watching us online, for those that are in the house physically, for those that are in route, Lord, let us enter your gates with thanksgiving and joy. Lift up our hands with praise and joy. Shout with acclamation and joy. And then, God, give with a sense of joy and leave with joy in our hearts, knowing we have been in your presence. God, show yourself mighty and strong and do what you do best, and that is be God. And we submit to your divine, wonderful, and sovereign will. It is in the name of your son, Jesus, who is our joy, we pray. Amen. 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 You may have your seats. Oh, 
praise God. Let's put those hands together again and give God some praise for how awesome he is and for this joyful time of year that we get to celebrate uh, the birth of, of our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, uh, we are going to touch a little bit on that joy today in what will be the last impact moment of 2021. Um, and I got to say that this year of doing this has just been really awesome and really great for me and really touched my spirit and has taught me a lot. So I hope it has done uh, the same for you. Uh, during this moment where I get to uh, deliver this message to the children, the youth, I'm here at St. Paul, but also to the kids at heart. Uh, man, I, I pray that... Uh, Man, I pray that we would find uh, some examples of joy in the examples of Mary, Elizabeth, and John this morning. So the title of our message uh, this morning will be Joy to the World. Uh, joy to the World. Our memory verse, uh, verses uh, come from Luke chapter 1, verses 44 through 45. I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears... The baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The bottom line or the main point that I want us to get from today's message is this, guys. The joy of Jesus should lead us to praise. The joy of Jesus should lead us to praise or worship, worship him. Tobias, I got to tell you, man. As a kid growing up, especially when I was really, really little, I couldn't wait for Christmas. I couldn't wait for Christmas morning. And then the night before is when that excitement and that anticipation built up so much that I could hardly sleep. So much so that I remember one year where I specifically, I grabbed uh, sports cards and baseball cards that were laying next to my bed and I started looking through each and every one of them because I couldn't sleep. I had to find something to do because Santa was coming, man. These gifts are going to be under the tree the next morning. And man, the joy that came that next morning when, man, you wanted mom and dad to wake up immediately. You leapt down the hallway. You jumped into their room. You jumped on top of them if you had to. And man, you brought them out and you wanted them to see all of the gifts that it came that morning. Man, when it came time to open gifts, I got excited over every little gift that I opened. Every single one when I was a little child. I remember, for example, I said, oh, cool, a Hot Wheels car. Or I'd say, oh, cool, a G.I. Joe. Oh, cool, a toy fire truck. Oh, cool came before everything. My mom has home videos to prove it. Man, I even got so excited. The joy that I had was not just for the gifts that I opened, but they were also for the gifts that my sister opened, too. My sister, she'd open something like a Barbie set or a dollhouse. And I'd say, look, sissy. It's what you've always wanted. Man, it, it could have been. It could have not been for her, but it was joyful for me. I know that. Every present brought new joy, brought new excitement. And the joy that I had was caused by receiving something that was so good, something so unexpected. That's what, that's what happens when we get joy. Man, and this joy made me want to shout out loud how great it was. And guys, with Christmas coming up, I wonder, man, most of us are rejoicing or we're excited about something that maybe is bringing us a little bit of joy this time of year. Whether it's being off from school for a couple of weeks, amen, or work, or, being, uh, or having presents under the tree to look forward to. Or maybe it's just seeing family or looking forward to the wonderful food that we're going to get to eat on Christmas. Regardless, Jesus, the true reason for the season, 
has already given us a reason to have joy in this life, especially this season. The joy that we have from knowing Jesus, guys, and what he has done for us should inspire us to praise God from deep in our souls and to end up possibly even letting out a shout of praise. Again, our bottom line, the main point, the joy of Jesus should lead us to praise. It should lead us to worship God. Guys, before our passage for today, Mary has received news from an angel that she will be the mother of Jesus, who will be the savior of the world. She has so much faith in God and what God has told her through this angel that, man, she, she, with this faith, she runs and she goes and tells her relative Elizabeth. She's so excited. She's so filled with joy. She knows through her faith that, man, this is going to happen. God has promised it to me. Elizabeth hears Mary greet her and her baby, who is Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. He is not even born yet. He is still in Elizabeth's womb, guys. He's only about six or seven months along. And he jumps, he leaps for joy. Man, just from hearing Mary's greeting, because even John the Baptist, even the unborn baby John, he knows, man, this is the mother of Jesus. This is the mother of my cousin, who's going to be the savior of the world. Guys, the joy of Jesus should lead us to praise. It should lead us to jump and to shout like John did here. Well, then Elizabeth, she knows the child Mary is going to bring into the world is going to be the one that's going to save her from her sins. And so this leads her to shout. This leads her to exclaim, to shout out, man, blessed are you, Mary. Blessed is the child that you carry. Blessed are you for believing in what God has told you. Guys, the joy of Jesus should lead us to praise, like Elizabeth shouting here. Finally, guys, Mary gives us our very last example of joyful praise. And this leads to what is called Mary's song in the Bible. You see, from deep down in her soul, Mary sees the examples of John. She sees the examples of Elizabeth. She sees all of this joy going on around her. And she can't help but give God praise for being her Savior, for being the Savior of the world. Guys, the joy of Jesus should lead us to praise. I don't know what it is that you have going on in your life right now. But what I do know is that God offers joy to the world this time of the year. And always through his son, wonderful counselor, the king of kings, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. And guys, what I do know is that he cared about us enough to give us his son this time of year. So let's celebrate this new life. Let's celebrate this joy. Guys, give your life to him this season and evermore. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Dear Lord, we come before you and we thank you so, so very much, God, for the joy that you have given us and the wonderful excitement that comes with new birth, new life, the new life of your son, Jesus. God, thank you for caring about us enough to send him into this world. I pray, God, that the joy that comes from knowing him would be on our hearts this season, would be on our hearts as we head into the new year. We love you so much, God. Thank you for this joy. And let it be for all of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I love you all very much. It's been a joy. Come on, let's give God praise and let's thank God for Peyton for his um, sharing as far as our morning meditation is concerned for our young people. Good morning. 
Good morning. We greet each of you with Jesus' joy. I did not get a chance to do my morning briefings because we had baptism of two candidates. And we have the wonderful privilege of presenting to them their baptismal certificates as well as a Bible. So I'm going to ask that Kayla and uh, Brother Jordan, would you come to the front at this time? And as they come, can we celebrate and give God praise for them? Did I leave my Bible? Did I leave the Bibles in the office? Okay. All right. As we prepare to get your Bibles, first of all, let me say what a blessed joy it is for us to welcome you to the family of God as far as your public confession of faith uh, in Jesus Christ through baptism. And you all handled it quite well. You're okay? All right. You were a champ. I want you to know that. You did quite well. Um, this, this baptism uh, is a sign to everybody here, everyone that's watching us online and to the world, that you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, I'm getting ready to share something with you that I normally uh, don't share, but I want you to know you don't ever have to do this again. All right? And here is why. If you are a part of this church, we're going to teach you why you were baptized. We're going to help you understand why you were baptized. And we're going to help you to appreciate what it means to live a life of faith. And so we take wonderful joy in um, uh, you being a part of this church. So what we want to do is we want to present Bibles as well as certificates uh, to each of you. And we want to welcome you to the family of God universally and to the St. Paul Church in particular. And so to the first person, I want to give... Jordan, this is your Bible, and for those that don't know, um, Jordan uh, is the fiancé of one of our own disciples, and I'm going to ask that she will stand. Folks need to know who, who your man is. Amen. Thank you, Jasmine, for putting up with your pastor. So um, they're looking forward to getting married next year, and I'm looking forward to putting them through the, through the ringer as far as premarital counseling is concerned. All right, so Jordan, this is your Bible and your certificate. And to uh, Kayla, this is your Bible. We gave you a childlike Bible so you can understand it. Here's the deal. Get connected to our Sunday school or Sunday morning live. Uh, get connected to our youth and children's church. Peyton's going to help you, uh, uh, our men, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to help both of you all overall. So as you prepare to go back to your seat, St. Paul, we're going to stand. Let's give God praise for them. Come on. I think it's a wonderful time. Anytime we baptize anyone that God deserves the glory on their praise. Amen. 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 Um, as we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, one of the things we try to do is keep you all informed on what's going on in our community. And so um, thanks to um, Reverend Bernie, he has been in contact with some people uh, as far as health care is concerned, and particularly um, Obamacare. And so I'm going to ask, I don't, we need a mic down here. Um, uh, if I could get a mic for Dr. Wilhelmina Rembert. All right, where is this Dr. Wilhelmina? Hey, Amen. 
She's going to come. All right. God's working it out. Oh, Gwen got one. Okay. You can come. And you come to that right there. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so very much. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Scott. First, I want to give uh, honor to our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, whose birth we celebrate this week. But I thank you so much, uh, Dr. Scott, for um, your, your leadership in our community and for your reception this morning. I also want to bring greetings from my church, where uh, First Fellowship Charlotte, where um, Reverend Dr. Tali Kennan is our pastor. We've been honored by um, uh, just very powerful preaching by you, Dr. Scott, uh, as a guest from time to time. So we thank you for that. Um, I come this morning representing an organization called Integrated Management Strategies out of Alexandria, Virginia, uh, a federal contractor with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to promote Obamacare open enrollment period. So I want you to know, we thank you for uh, St. Paul for being a champion for coverage. That is for being willing to share information about this open enrollment period. It began November 1st, it goes to um, January the 15th. So if you or anyone you know is uninsured or underinsured, now is the time to get healthcare coverage. Thanks to the American Rescue Plan, the coverage is now available at lower prices and more people qualify. So even if you have applied previously, now is the time to perhaps reapply to see if you are eligible for more benefits at a much lower cost. So I encourage you today, again, if you or anyone you know is underinsured or uninsured, please apply. You may go to healthcare.gov online healthcare.gov, or you may call a toll-free number. It is 800-318-2596. I will leave some information out in the lobby on the table um, in the lobby area that you may pick up if you need additional information. I will also tell you that you may call my number if you get all um, confused by any of that. And my number is 980-297- 3826. I have provided information, digital information to Reverend Bernie, and I want to thank him for allowing us to bring that to you today. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Repeat your number one more time. My number is 980-297-3826. And for those who don't want to bother with me, just go straight to the source. You may also dial 800-318- Two five nine six. Thank you so much. Yeah, we want to bother you. So give your number one more time for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> okay. It's nine eight zero two nine seven three eight two six. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Thank you, Dr. Wilhelmina. Let's give God praise for her. Thank you so very much. And we need um uh we need you to call in if you don't have health care coverage. Uh, thanks to the hard work of not the previous president, <clears throat> but the president before him. Um, uh, health care insurance is available for all um, and, and is available through an exchange. And so if you don't have health care, 
and you're not part of any company or anything like that, you can go get health care at a relatively reasonable price. So um, give Dr. Wilhelmina a call. Uh, and, and Dr. Wilhelmina, we're done. Are you staying for service or you got to go? Oh, okay. Stand up one more time. I want the people to see you. If you have any questions, could, can they come see you after service? All right. They can see you in the vestibule. Can see her in the vestibule uh, after service uh, and keep your mask on. All right. Thank you, dear. We greatly appreciate it. Let's give God praise for her one more time. Um, I come this morning uh, with, with a heavy heart because um, uh, on yesterday, South Carolina State beat my, beat my Tigers. I don't know why y'all clapping. Um, they took our cookies, our sandwiches. They did like the men at Ziglag did David, took wives, children, and everything. Um, I am still in great mourning. I almost didn't come to church this morning, but I struggled to get here. So, um, yeah, I pressed my way. So, yeah, but it was a great game yesterday, and uh, congratulations to South Carolina State and all of those who now want to claim South Carolina as their own. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you went to Winthrop. You didn't go to South Carolina State. Yeah. Look at it. Y'all see how y'all see how we do? My daddy went there. Now you ain't stepped foot on the campus. Boy, I tell you. Hold on. Just like they're just like they're just like church folk. Just like church folk. Amen. Ain't don't go, but when the church does something good, look at my church. Y'all know how they are. <laughs> Uh, I got the mic, Monica. I got the mic. All right. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move from, from, from the funny to, to, to the sublime. Let's give our uh, community engagement, uh, Reverend James Bernie, all of those, a round of applause. We gave away 31 bikes on yesterday. We raised nearly $10,000 to help families with toys. And we helped 107 children have a wonderful Christmas this year. So give yourselves a round of applause and give him a round of applause as well. Um, thank you so much for your, your efforts. Um, just also want to let you know the office is going to be closed from tomorrow all the way to Monday, January the 3rd. Um, and we're still going to have our prayer meeting along with Kaya on December the 29th. Um, we're going to do a New Year's Eve service, New Year's Eve service in person and virtual uh, on December the 31st at 7 o'clock p.m. And we're going to re-air it at 10. Now, during this time, we're going to have an annual memorial service where we will allow uh, a moment for disciples of St. Paul to recognize their loved ones who died in 2021. Send in the names. We're not going to let you come to the mic. And, and, and list that name because that's too much touching of the same mic. Send in the names before Wednesday of New Year's Eve and we will make sure it's part of the scroll in-house as well as virtually. Also, we're going to take a moment to remember all of our loved ones, persons that we know who have died 
from COVID or complications of the COVID virus from January to 2020 until now. So if you're interested in the name of a loved one who has died from COVID uh, to be recognized, email that to the office as well. As well, That's going to be a moment of lament. And what is, by, what is meant by lament? That's going to be a moment for us to grieve, to, to, to take some time to grieve. Uh, we, we don't do a good job of taking time to grieve. And, and I want us to do that as a community. We're going to prepare a special litany for those who have died from COVID. And we're going to lament. And we're going to remember them um, and reflect upon their life. And we're going to lament. Okay? So we're going to do that on New Year's Eve as well. New CEO class is going to start on January the 15th, not the 8th. Uh, January the 15th, I'm pushing that back one week because we as a church will be hosting the one-day session for the Women's Auxiliary of the General Baptist Convention of um, North Carolina. So um, that's all I want to share for right now. We're getting ready to um, move forward as far as a moment of prayer is concerned. And um, just want to let you all know we want to lift up the family of disciple Joanne Potts Smith. Uh, her services are going to be on tomorrow here at the church, quiet hours at 11, and the services will be at noon. The family of Sister Loretta Gilliard, sister of disciple Tyron Davis and Sharon Davis, and her service is going to be uh, tomorrow at Greater Myers Chapel. Here in Charlotte, the visitation will be at 11 and the services at noon. We also want to keep the family of Brother, Will, um, Brother Wilson Jr. Johnson, uh, Sister Disciple Willie Louise Brown, uh, the family of Sister Melissa Howard Wiley, the family of Brother Benny Cotton, and the family of Brother Robert Morris Gilson, the family of Sister Lois Maxine Swanson Harrison. We want to keep those families lifted up in prayer as they deal with the loss of their loved one. Um, we also want to lift up persons who are in the hospital, having surgery, or got major illness. Claudette White-Smith, Hattie Weathers, Felix Bird, Jamel Washington, Patricia Love, uh, Tanya Porter, Tia Reed, Deacon uh, Michael Underwood, uh, our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond, and his wife, Lady Thomasina. Um, we want to continue to lift up those persons. Uh, and, of course, you'll see names scrolling on our sick and shut-in list. We want to lift them up in prayer. I'm going to ask that Dr. Redmond would come, take us to the throne of grace, and then after that, um, we will prepare to receive the Lord's offering. Let us look to the Lord. The word of God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Father, it is in your name that we come before you this morning. And Lord, we come trusting you. We come this morning with heavy hearts. Some of us, oh God, are experiencing grief during this season of Christmas. Father, we just pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up every name that has been called today. 
every name of individuals who are experiencing bereavement and grief during this time. Father, we lift them up to you because we know that if we lift them up to you, you know exactly what needs to be done. Oh God, we sit ourselves down because we know that we don't have the power to give these individuals. We don't have the power. All we have is the fact that we have a God. We have a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask or think. So God, we release them into your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Every name that was called, every person that's in the hospital right now, oh God, we lift them up to you. We lift up Sister Hattie, oh God. God, you know all about her. You know where she is right now. God, we lift up Sister Betty Oaks to you in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we lift up the Drummonds to you. God, you know all about them. And Father, I pray that your healing virtue would go from their head to their toes, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we feel your power in this moment. We know that you've got the power to do what you want to do. God, you have the power to heal. You have the power, oh God, to turn situations around. God, we rest on that today. God, we cover individuals today who are experiencing sickness in their bodies. Oh God, thank you for your healing virtue. Thank you, oh God, that you're going to touch them now from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Because when we don't know what to do, God, I thank you that you already know what to do and you're already doing something about it. God, we love you for that. We love you for seeing things before they happen. Thank you, oh God, that even before we cried out to you, God, you were already moving. You were already touching. You were already, God, in the name of Jesus, doing something about it. God, we love you. We thank you. We, we honor you, oh God, because you are big God. We are small, but God, you are big God, and you have the ability to move on every situation that's in this room. Oh God, people have come here today, and they are downhearted, but God, I thank you that you are a lifter. Lift spirits in the name of Jesus. Lift them up, God. Oh, God, lift their heads up. Lift their hearts up. Oh, God, let them know that they are not alone during this Christmas season. There are individuals. Oh, God, there are families. Oh, God, that are missing somebody at the dinner table this year. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fill every seat. Oh, God, the seats are not going to be empty because, God, you are sitting at the table with them. God, I thank you for that. I thank you, oh, God, that you're going to continue to put your arms around them. Let them know that they're not alone during this time. God, thank you. Thank you for being a kind God to us. Thank you, Father, for being the kind of God that sees us through seen and unseen dangers. God, your people are going to get on the road during this season. God, I pray for traveling mercies for them. I pray that you would encamp about every car that moves up and down the highway. God, I thank you. But God, more than anything, God, we love you. We love you.
love you, Father. We love you right now. Every person is lifting up their hands and they're lifting up their hearts and they're saying, we love you, God. We love you, Father. Oh, God, even though I'm missing somebody, God, I know you're with me. God, I pray that you move up and down every aisle in this place this morning. Move in the choir stand. Move, oh, God, in such a way that your people will feel your presence. They will feel your arms around them. They will feel that people are thinking about them. God, we love you. We honor you. We praise your holy and your righteous name because you are a good God to us. God, as we close out this prayer, we close it out with joy in our hearts. Oh God, we have peace in our minds. Peace, oh God, that surpasses all understanding. God, people are going to wonder how can we lift up our heads. They're going to wonder why we're not crying. We're we're not crying because we've got you. And so God, I pray that as you continue in this worship with us, that you be with our pastor as he stands today. Anoint him afresh from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. God, we pray for salvation salvation to happen today because of your word father i pray this prayer in the name of the most high god in jesus name amen amen hallelujah if you feel that god is answering your prayer can you give god praise right now hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Dr. Redman. We're getting ready to give. Before we do that, I am told that um, our board chair, Sister Gwendolyn, wants to come before our congregation. Um, I was afraid to see her because I know she, being from South Carolina, wasn't going to let me get back this morning. Amen. Uh, Yeah, they've been rubbing it in all day and night. Amen. So y'all pray for your pastor. I need it. Pastor Scott, yes, you know I love it, but yesterday doing that game, I was going, kick him, get him, get him, and it was good to see the results, being a South Carolina girl. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is a blessing to be here today, and it's joy, and thank you, Reverend C., for that message. You know, we are blessed to be at a church that's open and safe. Mm -hmm. Let's not take that for granted, but a lot of churches are not. We also are blessed to have a pastor who knows how to make us laugh who comes and comforts us when we're hurt and who kicks us, not kicks us, but teaches us and, and, and scolds us like we need to when we, and we do sometimes guys, you know that, but you know, most of all, I'm thankful. And I know all of you are, and you appreciate pastor Scott and his family. So my purpose this morning is to remind you it's Christmas time. And that if you would like to give a gift to pastor Scott and his family, and, and I know pastor Scott is not expecting anything from you, but he would appreciate. So if it's a card, if it's money, if it's something that you want to wrap up and give or put in a bag, it would be appreciated. First priority is giving to St. Paul, mm-hmm. your tithes and offerings. That's mm-hmm. number one. Because just like you saw the toys and stuff, we give to the community. So that's number one priority. But if you do have a desire to give, uh, Jerry said to hold up your hands and he will come to you and you can put something in the basket. And also Christmas Day is First Lady Pierre's birthday. Right? Yes, I got her gift. You got her gift. Listen, it's a major gift. All it right. is so major. Yes, ma'am. She's, okay. She she loves it. She already got it. Yeah. You did good. Now I'm going to have to go do some conferences and revivals of faithful. 
So that's my purpose this morning. And if you desire to give something uh, this week or next week, by, by, Jerry said to raise your hands, they'll come to you. And again, thank you, Pastor Scott, for, for being our leader and doing what God tells you to do. Thank you. Thank you. I keep reminding you all, you all are the gift to me and my family. And, and, and we could not have a more precious, wonderful gift than the people here at the St. Paul Church. And um, our board chair is correct. I, I don't expect anything but your kindness uh if you do share is more than appreciated uh, but if you really want to do something and if you want to give um put it for peer because it's her birthday we celebrate jesus birthday on 25th but that wasn't really his birthday we just celebrated but that's really peer's birthday so uh if you want to do something um uh, uh skew it toward her um and, and I would appreciate that. I tell folks, I said, the St. Paul Church tolerate me, but they love Pierre and Charis. And, um, and, and I really appreciate that. Listen, we're getting ready to give, so y'all know how, to, how we do it. For those that are watching us online, there are three ways we can give. You can mail your check of money order to the church at uh, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or call the church office um, when we're open. But during the next two weeks, you can mail your check in. If you're here in person, you can bring your check. Or you can give online through Givelify, through Church uh, Life, or through ACS. You can give in those variety of ways. So however you're giving this morning, if you're watching us online, if you're in the house, if you're able, would you lift up your offering in your right hand? We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. All right. God, we come and we thank you right now for the sufficiency of your grace demonstrated toward us and for the ability to give. And we don't take it lightly. We come and we do it cheerfully. Why? Because you gave us the greatest gift, and that is your son. God, if you would take these gifts of ours and uh, bless them in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, your work, and your worship can continue to go forth through the tribe known as St. Paul. We love you, O oh God, and we show that love with this expression of an offering. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. For those that have your offering in the house, there's a basket on a row in front of you. If you would, place it on in that basket. You don't have to touch the basket. Don't move the basket. Just place it in that basket, and we will give. But again, if you could come get my offering, I would greatly appreciate that. All right, Scott, do your thing.
She can direct and sing. Amen. Amen. We're going to wrap up James today. James chapter 5. Oh, Jerry. One more announcement. If anyone wants to, Jerry, which said, just raise their hands and you'll come to them. Just raise your hands if you want to contribute a gift. And if you, if there's a board member that's here, please see me immediately after service. All right, Jerry, am I done? Thank you. James chapter five. James chapter five. We want to. We're finishing up the letter of James, um, and hopefully and prayerfully this. Preaching, let them in, let them in. I am not bothered by, I'm not bothered by folks coming in the church. I'm bothered by folks walking out the church while I'm preaching. So let them come in. James chapter 5, verse 13. Um, I hope that this, this time in the book of James has been a blessing to, to you. It has been a blessing to me. Um, I think I've been preaching more to myself than I have you all. Um, James chapter 5, verse 13. These words are printed in the New King James Version of Scripture. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. If anyone among you sick... Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I want to preach this last installment, the difference prayer makes. The difference prayer makes. It is safe to say that a relationship with God through Jesus Christ does not provide immunization from suffering, sickness, sorrow, and shame. I wish it did. In fact, a relationship with God does not preclude us from sin and making bad decisions. We have some living testimonies of persons who have survived the turmoil, troubles, and tribulations of navigating in the, the craziness of living here on earth. And we have to attest to the fact that it's simply by God's grace and mercy. We have endured mishaps and mistakes, 
bad choices and unfortunate circumstances, craziness and chaos that this world can give to each and every one of us. Unfortunately, too many disciples, too many church folk, too many Christians wind up acting like unbelievers when it comes to dealing with the trouble that come our way. Unfortunately, like the unbeliever who denies the reality of the supernatural and the existence of God, we become trapped by a reality of what we see instead of the mystical and ultimate reality of what we cannot see, but what we should know to be real. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, and I quote, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The unbeliever is this person who is trapped by the natural order of things, living by what is seen. And if you and I only live by what we see, touch, and feel, and yet we claim to be daughters and sons of God, that we somehow say we are joint heirs with Christ, and we only live by what we can see, touch, and feel, I'm here to let you know that there is a spiritual cognitive dissonance plaguing your soul. What do I mean by that? As Christians, yes, we ought to assess the natural reality. As disciples, we ought to look at the bare facts. As believers, we ought to check the accuracy of science and technology. But after we assess reality and after we look at the facts and after we have taken in the data of science and technology, then we ought to move beyond the facts to a dimension of faith, which enlarges our vision, expand our dreams and embolden our hopes with passion, capacity, vision and perseverance to tap into what I call the supernatural realm where God shows up. And where God shows out. This beloved does not happen by chance. This is predicated upon a relationship with God that has been chiseled and tempered by prayer. Unfortunately, in today's culture, prayer is the most underused spiritual weapon by the disciples of Jesus Christ, especially in North America. I am convinced that many disciples of Jesus fail to maximize their potential, tap into their power, and fulfill their purpose because of the failure to pray. I'm not talking about saying a blessing over a meal, I'm talking about Jesus well. I'm not talking about hollering, Lord Jesus, when you slam on the brakes to stop an accident on 277. I am speaking of setting some intentional time aside to have conversation with the creator of the cosmos. This is what prayer is all about. And the unfortunate reality is too many of us are trying to be so self-sufficient 
rather than be God dependent. When this happens, failure and his ride and die buddy frustration will creep in and snatch joy from your soul. Too many of us have underdeveloped, undervalued, and underappreciated prayer. We're always looking for new methods, new strategies, new plans, and a new organization to advance the work of the kingdom of God. We're always looking for new medicines, new technologies, new sciences, new physics, or new therapies to make our lives just a little bit better. As a matter of fact, some right now think that we could get some new friends or a new spouse or new kids or new job or new boo or bae or new money or even a new church, then our lives will be on the road to greatness. Yet, you have not taken an old school tool known as prayer and applied it to your current situation so you could see the movement of God in the broken places of your life. John Bunyan in his works, Pilgrim Progress, writes, and I quote, prayer is a shield to the soul a sacrifice to God, and a scourge to Satan. But prayer is not some magical, abracadabra, hocus-pocus formula to get something from God. Rather, prayer is our opportunity to talk to God in a very real way. When there is a life of prayer, It really means that you are depending on God to keep you, to sustain you, to guide you, and to develop you. Uh, This is why we can sing that song, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. He'll hear our faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer wheel turning and you know a little fire is burning, you'll find a little talk with Jesus. We'll make it all right. Yet this is not only important for us as individuals, but it's important for us collectively as the local church, as the St. Paul Church. In fact, there are many churches that need to learn how to pray. Some churches are known for great preaching. Nothing wrong with that. Other churches are known for awesome music ministry. Nothing wrong with that. Some churches are even known for mission and evangelism, and that's fine. But there ain't a whole lot of churches known for prayer. Uh, In fact, for the church and the disciples of Jesus Christ, prayer should be the first thing we do and not a tool of last resort. This is what James is trying to convey to the listener of his communication. James, the brother of Jesus, is wrapping up his letter to the Christians at Jerusalem. And if you have been on this journey with us over the last 11 weeks, you will see that James has been giving us some very practical information and insight with instructions on spiritual growth and development how to connect faith with our works and how we need to watch our mouths. And yet James puts the cherry on the cake as he writes about the difference prayer can make in the lives of believers. In fact, prayer is our text message to the throne room to connect you and me to the God who will answer our prayers. 
It doesn't matter how simple or how complex. It doesn't matter how easy or how impossible. You and I can go to God in prayer. In fact, the late Dr. Miles Monroe said in his book, The Power of Prayer, prayer is earthly license for heavenly influence. When God gave humanity, follow my flow, dominion over the earth, he gave us dominion over the earth prior to the fall. Humanity was able to handle dominion over a creation that was perfect, free from sickness and disease, not having to worry about war and enemies. Before sin entered the human equation, Adam and Eve had an unfiltered and an uninhibited relationship and conversation with God on a daily basis. But now, you and I got to come to God in prayer because of all the stuff we have to deal with. But most times we resort to prayer as the last alternative. But when we understand God's purpose for our lives, you will know that you can't get to where God wants you to be unless you learn how to pray. I like the mere fact that James is calling us back to basics. He opens this letter with prayer and now he seals it talking about prayer. He wants us to understand how prayer is so important to us as disciples of Jesus Christ. But prayer cannot be a tool of manipulation when it comes to God. Uh, I do believe that James wants us to be more effective, more proficient, more engaging, more intentional, and more faithful when it comes to prayer. But James also wants us to understand that you and I cannot manipulate the divine with our prayers. So as he closes out this letter, James is really calling for collective collaboration among the believers when it comes to prayer, healing, and restoration. James is reminding us that our walk with God is personal, but it ain't meant to be private. And there is a communal aspect to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is why you and I cannot become a fully developed disciple without being connected to the church community. In other words, we need each other. So as we move through this text for the next few minutes, that's mine. I want you to see how important it is for us to depend upon the power of God when we pray and interact with each other to get a prayer through. Church historian Eusebius tells us how James lived out the seriousness of prayer because Eusebius said James' knees grew hard like a camel because of his constant worship of God, kneeling and asking forgiveness for the people. James had callous knees because they were a testimony to his life of prayer. In fact, James walked his talk while he was on his knees in prayer. I don't know about anybody else, but in 2021, I still believe prayer can make a difference. Yeah, I, I, I still believe prayer can make a difference. What, what, what can we do to see the difference that prayer can make 
especially in this age and in this culture? What, what can we do to see the difference that prayer can make in our everyday lives? Follow the flow of the text and I'll bid you all to do and wish you a Merry Christmas. First of all, you and I need to develop a sensitivity to the needs of others. It's right there in verse 13. Because I'm here to let you all know we can be so selfish when it comes to our prayer life. James raises two questions in verse 13 that mess me up. James says, if anyone among you suffering, let him pray. If anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. I think we fall short in two major spiritual disciplines in the church. Prayer and praise. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to pray in times of trouble and in times of joy. The problem is how God folks operates in times of trouble and in times of joy. When trouble comes, instead of praying, we mumble, grumble, and complain. Uh, when trouble comes, instead of praying, we have a pity party and contract a woe is me syndrome. Uh, and, and, and when trouble comes, instead of praying, we develop a isolation syndrome to the point where we think we're the only ones going through what we're going through. But I'm here on a divine pastoral assignment to let you know you ain't the only one facing what you're facing right now. You, you think you're the only one dealing with trouble. You think you're the only one that's been to jail. You think you're the only one that has lost your job. You think you're the only one dealing with a bad marriage. You think you're the only one facing issues with your children. You think you're the only one having a crisis of faith. You think you're the only one dealing with money issues. You think you're the only one that got to deal with racism. You think you're the only one got to deal with sexism. You think you're the only one got a problem on your job. You think you're the only one dealing with bullies in your school. You think you're the only one that has a health challenge. And the problem is that most of us, when we deal with whatever situation we deal with, we get on social media and complain about what we're dealing with. We write these long dissertations with bad grammar and misspelled words, cussing throughout, trying to elicit some support. We call folks to get them on our side with all the mess we're facing, and most of us don't even talk to God in prayer. I'm getting ready to make somebody mad. But James tells us how we ought to pray. James says suffering should make you pray instead of cussing, fussing, and wussing out. And admittedly, all of us in the church right now are dealing with something. I don't care whether you're young or old, rich or poor, male or female, educated or uneducated, privileged or underprivileged, saved or sinner, believer or atheist. All of us will have trouble come and pay us a visit as a matter of fact, I believe I got seven of y'all that will testify that trouble has come in and moved in and has become a squatter in your house. It comes in various forms, physical and emotional stress from everyday happening and extraordinary difficulties. But I dare 
dare you to do what James told you to do instead of posting your stuff on Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and doing TikToks. I dare you to just start praying. Physical illness, pray. Faith crisis, pray. Money issues, pray. Disobedient children, pray. Unsupported spouses, pray. Fake friends, pray. Harassing enemies, pray. Crazy culture, pray. Aches in your body, pray. Uncertain about your future, pray. Depressed in your spirit, pray. When you are going through suffering, I dare you to keep on praying. You can't stop praying after you have a quick prayer for help. You got to have an attitude of prayer and you got to develop a lifestyle of prayer. You got to believe that when you go to the Lord in prayer, God will answer it in his own sovereign way. I feel a preach sneaking up on me, but wait. I got to drop something else on y'all. James says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Uh, I really could stay on this verse for this sermon and call it a day. The word cheerful in this context means to be happy. And, and, and there ought to be, there ought to be, Dr. Redman, some happiness, a smile on the face of folk who claim to know who Jesus is. Um, I mean, Reverend Baptist, at least every now and then, ought to be able to see a smile on, on your face. Scott, every now and then, we ought to be able to see some joy in your heart. Have y'all ever seen folks in the church that every time you see them, it looks like they had sour lemons for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? <clears throat> They, they, they have this scowl on their face. I mean, it seems like they don't ever have any joy. But if you know what God has done for you every now and then, it ain't got to be 24 hours a day. But every now and then, you ought to be able to show your pearly whites or your golden yellows or whatever you got, dentures or veneers, every now and then you ought to be able to put a smile on your face to let somebody know I'm in a cheerful and optimistic disposition. Listen, um, 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 huh. I, I, I know, I know I'm going to make somebody mad by what I'm going to, listen, I'm, I'm not talking about this frivolous skip to the loo giddiness. But I'm talking about when you know what the Lord has done for you. All right, all right, all right, all right. See, 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 see. I know if you're ready to make somebody mad now. See, when things are going well for you, when the bills are being paid, when you at least got more than a dollar in your bank account, when your ship has come in, when your social media platform is blowing up, when you're driving a car you want to drive and you live in a house you want to live in and you got a good paying job, for some folks, there's a tendency to forsake and forget about the God that has blessed you. If you got it going on, 
you ought to be giving God a praise. And I know I'm getting ready to really make somebody mad because I know somebody saying, oh, take all that praise mess. But I'm here to let you know, it seems like the more the Lord bless you, it seems like the more blessings you can count, the more you ought to be praising God. I know I'm getting ready to make somebody mad in here right now, but I'm here to let you know, if God has put food on your table, a praise ought to go right there. If God put a roof over your head, a praise ought to go right there. If God lets you have a job, a praise ought to go right there. If God lets your car start this morning, a praise ought to go right there. If God has given you the activity of your limbs, a praise ought to go right there. If God has put common sense in your mind, joy bells in your soul, woke you up this morning and started you on your way, a praise ought to go right there. If God has given you a reason a portion of your health, life, and strength, a praise ought to go right there. If God has allowed for you to be on this side of eternity, where when you laid down last night, that your bed did not become your cooling board, and you covered your winding sheet, a praise ought to go right there. And alright, this is for all of us in here. If the Lord kept you when you were too dumb and crazy to keep yourself, do I have anybody in the house that know a praise? Ought to go right there. Woo! Woo! When you learn how to pray in your trouble times and give God praise in your triumphant times, it keeps your mind focused on your God and not on the grime of this world. Because when you give God praise, you move from the grime of the earth to the glory of God. And somewhere between your grime and his glory, you can't help but to say, hallelujah. Jesus. Hey! Hey! Ah. I don't know who's watching me online. I don't know who's watching me on Zoom. But somebody ought to put in the chat right now. I got to give a praise when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me. I got to give a praise. I don't know who I'm talking to. But if you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube or if you're on the Zoom. Listen, put in the chat right now. I got to give a praise. Put some clap hands. And those that are in the sanctuary. If you ain't too scared. If you ain't too nimble. If you're not too afraid. If you're able. If you can't stand. At least just lift up your hands, wink, do something. Give God the praise because it could have been another way. Y'all, I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. I'm I'm in the Bible. And I'm going to take my time because I ain't preaching next Sunday. Eric Jr. going to preach. I'm taking my time. I'm getting all the the, 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 the butter out of this duck this morning. So y'all gonna roll with me for another two hours. Here we go. I'm just picking. I'm just picking. I know you ain't. I'm just picking. Uh, next. Here's the other thing. Next. We should be praying intentionally for the needs of the sick. Verses, verse 14 through 18. And, and I, 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 I got to clear up some stuff because we take some stuff out of context. James raises a third question. Any among you sick? Physical sickness, emotional sickness, mental sickness, spiritual sickness. In, in this text, though, James is dealing with physical illness. Physical illness, pain racking your body, stuff going on 
with your psyche, physical illness. And he tells the sick person to call for the elder. He does not tell the elder to just show up. Y'all missed that. But he tells the sick to call for the elders. He puts the onus on the sick person. Why? Because the elders ain't psychic. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all, y'all catch that on the way home. Now, 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 the elders ain't going to know you're sick if you don't tell them. Now, 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 let me, let me help y'all understand who the elders are in this text. Because there's one understanding of the elders being the leaders of the church. Because back then, the elders were pastors, bishops, and overseers. And, and they used those terms interchangeably. In other words, pastors were bishops, bishops were overseers, overseers were pastors. There was no difference in the function of these offices. In today's culture, in today's church culture, we got these hierarchies, a uh, uh, bishop, and then you got an elder, then you got an overseer, and, and, and sooner or later, somewhere in the black church, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody come up with a black pope. Because everybody want to be called bishop. And everybody want to be called an apostle rather than being called a servant. But in a sense, James is saying, call for the pastors of the church to pray. There's another understanding of the term elder. And this is where James is really locking in. An elder was an older person back then, an older man, who was seasoned in a relationship with God that he had developed the wisdom to know how to pray. And notice what the text says. The text says the elders, which meant it was more than one person. That the elders, more than one person within the community of faith, knew how to get a prayer through because they were spiritually mature. They they knew how to get a prayer through because they knew God on a first name basis. They they knew how to get a prayer through because they had developed an intimate relationship with God. This is who James is telling the sick person to call. Now, this does not mean you shouldn't not go to the doctor. This does not mean you should stop taking your medicine. This does not mean you should not get vaccinated for the flu and the mumps and the measles and rubella and polio and smallpox. And yes, COVID. But what this does mean that you and I should use everything we have at our disposal when we're sick. Go to the doctor and call for the elders. Take your medicine and call for the elders. Go do your chemo and call for the elders. Submit to radiation and call for the elders. Have the surgery and call for the elders. And when I say call for the elders or for your pastor, I don't mean putting your illness or your hospital stay or your treatment on social media thinking you are informing the elders. 
Call the church, 704-334-5309. Leave a message in Maryland, and I guarantee Maryland will get it to either me or Dr. Redman or Reverend C or Reverend Bernie, and we will come to the church and pray for you. But if we don't know you're in the hospital, how can we pray for you? I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. But then he also says, anoint them with oil. Because back then, oil was not only used for consecration purposes, it was used for medicinal purposes. Back then, they believed anointing of oil was medicine for the body. So James is not talking about the anointing we do when we have consecration service, but rather he's talking about put some oil in the places where the pain is so that the healing can begin. Uh, uh, put some oil uh, on your leg where the pain is so that the healing can begin. Put some oil on the back where you have spasms so, 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 so healing can begin. And then he says, and the prayer of faith ooh, will save the sick. Now this is where the train go off the rails for those that are Pentecostal apostolic charismatic. Because when you see the term prayer of faith, it is in reference to trusting God. But a lot of folks think that whatever prayer they pray, that God ought to heal the way they want God to heal. But that ain't what this means. When you pray the prayer of faith, it is a prayer of faith that is connected to the fact, God, however you do it. I'll be satisfied. Now, I know some of y'all can't shout because some of y'all think that if you ask the Lord to heal somebody for cancer. Or, hey, listen, ever since I contracted diabetes, I've been trying to do the right thing. And I really wish the Lord would take this thing away. But God has not taken it away yet. But I'm like Paul. I, I realize his grace is more than sufficient. And in my weakness, his strength is perfected. Listen. Let me, let me, let me, let me share this story with you all. I don't know if you all have ever heard of Tony Evans, but, but Tony Evans is the pastor of the Oak Cliff uh, Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas. Back in 2019, Dr. Evans lost his wife, Lois. Uh, his family, they're faithful warriors, uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and Lois had gotten cancer and they were praying for Lois to be healed. They were vigilant in their prayer. They had vigils. They had the church praying. Uh, they sent out email blasts to their partners all across the world to pray for Lois. And as Lois was dealing with the cancer and it looked like she was going to die, they kept on praying and they kept on believing and they kept on trusting God. Uh, however, she died. Her last three words were, let me go. Well, when they had her funeral, her son, Jonathan, who was a football NFL football chaplain, was given a eulogy. He talked about how he wrestled with God over his mama's death. He talked about how God should have healed his mama Lois because it would show others how God is great and superior to cancer. Jonathan said, but God told him, number one, you don't understand the nature of my victory. And just because I didn't answer your prayer your way, doesn't mean I haven't already answered your prayer anyway. <laughs> Woo! See, somebody gonna learn how to shout on prayer. Just because victory has already been given to your mama. You don't understand because of the victory I've already given you. But there were always two answers to your prayer. 
either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Y'all miss your cue. Y'all miss your shout cue. Uh, either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Either she was going to live or she was going to live. Either she was going to be with family or she was going to be with family. The two answers to your prayers are yes and yes because victory belongs to our Jesus. I see why some of y'all can't shout. Really, this is what John is saying that the Lord was saying. He said either God can heal her on this side or she'll get a healing ultimately on the other side. When you learn how to give God praise regardless of where you are, when you learn how to understand that when you pray and you let God be God, God will blow your mind however God wants to do it because God is sovereign and God is holy and God is in control and God knows how to treat us the way. The old folks used to say he's too wise to make a mistake and he too just to treat us wrong. Do I have anybody in the house that no, he will never, never mistreat you. I, I, let me unpack this thing because I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to get out of here. I promise I'm getting ready to get out of here. Listen, listen. I, 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 I could take us home from there, but I got, I got to do this teaching because I don't want y'all to leave off the rail. This testimony is really a song of restoration. James does not let us get off scot-free. He tells us the prayer of faith will save and restore the sick. And God will raise him up. Watch this. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Uh Uh-oh. The sign of real healing is connected to the forgiveness of your sin. <sighs> Let's be honest. Because if we're truthful, some sickness we brought on ourselves. Smoking a pack of cigarettes a day? Yeah, you're going to get cancer. Bad habits? Yeah, you're going to become obese and get heart failure and diabetes and stuff like that. Not getting enough rest? Yeah, you're going to be cranky and mean as hell. Having risky sexual behaviors. Yep, you might come down with an STI. Not taking your medicine properly. Your body ain't going to function properly. Sin may or may not be the cause of your illness. But I'm here to let somebody know that if the Lord heals you, it's a sign that he has also forgiven you. And see, y'all don't know when to shout because what I need more than anything else is not a new car or not a new house or not new clothes. But I need new mercies every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Here's where I want to drop. Here's where I want to drop my anchor real deep because he said, God will forgive your sin. But God also wants you to confess your sin to one another. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be accountable within the context of community to each other and for each other. Now, 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 the reason this is hard is because too many of us got grudges and unresolved anger and guilt and malice in our hearts and other sins that create this psychosomatic impact on your body. In other words, some of us are sick 
and ain't nothing wrong with us. But the problem is, you got some confessing, oh, that you need to do. Oh, in other words, for some of us, you ain't going to get right until you get right with somebody else. I, I, I know, listen, I know it's going to get quiet in here. Uh, 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 so, so we deal with this psychosomatic stress. And, and, and James is saying, you might need to go and apologize to somebody. You might need to go and ask for forgiveness. Or as a matter of fact, you might need to forgive somebody. Says, confess our sins to each other. Now, let me give you a, a pastoral warning. Because uh, you got to be careful. To whom you confess. Because there's some folks you don't need to confess nothing to. As a matter of fact, it's some folks you don't even need to confess Jesus to. There's some folks, all they want to do is blast your mess. So you can't confess to everybody. Because everybody, like Nellie would say, ain't got your best interest in heart. Uh, as a matter of fact, and I'm going to regularly say it right now, you don't need to share with all preachers of the gospel. Because I know some raggedy and ratchet colleagues in ministry. But, 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 but if you confess to the right people, uh, if you confess your sins, the Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I'm getting ready to go and take my seat. James wants us to know that when you confess it, you ought to confess it to a righteous person. Why? Because the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. The prayer is effective because the person saying the prayer is righteous. That person ain't sinless, but they are sinning less. And they're sincere about their walk with God through Jesus Christ. They're trying to do God's will. And the righteous person can get whatever they want from God because they want what God wants. You miss your shout cue. The reason why the prayer of the righteous availeth much is because the righteous person wants what God wants. In other words, if God wants you healed, the righteous person wants you healed. If God wants you delivered, the righteous person wants you delivered. If God wants you set free, the righteous person wants you set free. If God wants you smiling, the righteous person wants you smiling. Here it is. Be careful to whom you pray because some folks ain't right enough to get a prayer through on your behalf. Let me close. Let me close. I'm done. I'm done. Finally, prayer ought to create an atmosphere of restoration. That's verse 19 and 20. Prayer ought to create an atmosphere of restoration. James is dealing with a person in verse 19 and 20 who was a disciple, who was a believer in Christ, but they've fallen away. Uh, uh, They used to come to church, but they don't come anymore. They got caught up in false teaching. They got caught up in bad doctrine. They got caught up in heresy. In other words, this person has wandered from the faith. And one of two things happened to that person. Either A, that person wasn't really taught what it meant to have a relationship with God. Or B, they weren't saved from the get-go. Now let me let y'all know, don't become so smug. Because you're in the physical space on the Sunday before Christmas. Because ain't none of us immune from losing our way. 
Y'all don't believe me? All you got to do is remember the apostle Peter hanging out with Jesus. And uh, Jesus said, Simon, uh, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But I pray for you that when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And uh, Peter said, Lord, I ain't going to never deny you. He said, listen, man, before the rooster sends a text message three times to the sky, you're going to deny me ever knowing who I am. So don't become so smug because ain't none of us got the spiritual stature like the apostle Peter. Let me close because I'm here to let y'all know this is not about getting saved. This is not about redemption. This is about a person who was on fire for the Lord. Uh, this was about a person who was active uh, at the St. Paul Church. But somewhere, yeah, along the way, uh, uh, they stopped coming. Uh, they stopped serving. They stopped giving. And yeah, they even stopped living for the Lord. Uh, that person... Uh, turn uh, his or her back on God and the church. But it ain't about salvation. Uh, ultimately, it's about restoration. And here's what James told us who know better what we ought to be doing right now. James says, if you know somebody has wandered off course, you and I need to go and tell them to come back home. We need to tell them how God stands with outstretched arms ready to take them back. We need to let them know that the doors of the church are still open. Ready to receive them into the fellowship. And I don't know who I'm talking to online. And I don't know who I'm talking to in the house. But I'm letting you know that if you have wandered from the foe. That the doors of the church are still open. And you can come back to the Lord and he will receive you right now. But I want you to know that when you come back, you don't have to come back with your head hung down. You don't have to come back thinking we're going to beat you up because you wandered from the fold. You don't have to come back with guilt and shame in your heart. But I'm here to let you know that the God we serve, yeah, I feel my Mississippi slipping out, is ready to restore you and ready to take you back. All you got to do is say, I came to Jesus just as I was. I was weary, worn, and sad. And I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. But I believe I got a few folks in the house. They ain't afraid to testify that there was a time when you wandered from the fold. And you came back and the Lord restored you. Like Peter, he told you, I got something for you to do. I don't know who I'm talking to in the house or online right now. But if you have wandered from the fold, God's saying it's time for you to come back in. Don't wait for 2022 to come around. Get your business fixed with God. Get your mind fixed with God. Get yourself back to the community of faith. And watch God straighten out your life. Do I have anybody? in the house right now that ain't afraid to testify that when you come back 
God will bless you when you come back. God will empower you when you come back. God will restore you when you come back. God will deliver you when you come back. God will reconcile you when you come back. God will forgive you. Oh, I see. Some of y'all are looking at me strange. Oh, I see. Some of y'all are looking at me crazy. But can I right now give a testimony about who I am and where I am right now? Because when I went to college at the Jackson State University for the first couple of years, I didn't want to go to church. I was a Baptist preacher, but I stopped going to church. Yes, I hung out. Yes, I went to the nightclubs. Yes, I chased the women. I didn't do what the Lord wanted me to do. But I'm a living testimony that the Lord will trouble your spirit. I'm a living testimony that the Lord will mess with your mind. That when you've been saved, when you've been sanctified, when the Lord has a call on your life, won't he mess with you until you come back? I don't know who I'm talking talking to, but somebody needs to understand that the Lord will take you back. And when he takes you back, you ought to give God praise for taking you back. I don't know about y'all, but I'm closing. May the Lord bless you real good, but do I have anybody that no prayer will make a difference in your life? Mountains that need moving, we need to pray. Marriages that need mending, we need to pray. Churches need reviving, we need to pray. Problems need solving, we need to pray. Burdens need bearing, we need to pray. Offerings need raising, we need to pray. Doors need opening, we need to pray. Bodies need healing, we need to pray. Sinners need saving, we need to pray. Souls need deliverance, we need to pray. Lives need to be changed, we need to pray. Do I have anybody in the house right now know that prayer will change things in your life? Won't prayer make a difference? Won't prayer lift up your head? Won't prayer give you joy? Won't prayer give you healing? Won't prayer put food on your table? Won't prayer put joy bells in your soul? Is there anybody in the house that know the power of prayer, the purpose of prayer, the provision of prayer, the process of prayer? If you know the Lord will make a way somehow, you ought to give God praise. It's the Sunday before Christmas. I'm going to let y'all know the greatest prayer that's ever been answered. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have an everlasting life. You and I need a savior. And 2,000 years ago, our greatest prayer was answered. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. He'll and forgive. He lived and died to buy 
my pardon and an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because he lives. I know it's Christmas, but because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know. Do you know? I know. Do you know? I know. Do you know? He holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Say yes. Good God Almighty. Say yes. Good God Almighty. Say yes. Prayer. will make it there. Listen, do I have anybody that's honest right now that have to admit that the only reason you're still in church right now is because somebody prayed for you, had you on their mind, took the time and prayed just for you. I'm, listen. Uh, I don't know who's in the house right now. Who's watching us online? But I want you to know that right now, somebody somewhere, either in your past or in your present, is praying for you. You need to learn how to just give God. Listen, I ain't trying to elicit a shout, but somebody just need to learn how to give God praise because Big Mama, Paw Paw. Aunt Jane, Uncle Joe, somebody in your past prayed that you will come into the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And here you are with your saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, got Jesus on your mind, got yourself in the house of the Lord, able to give God praise. Why? Because somebody prayed for you. You didn't get here on your own. I, I want to pray for you because prayer will make a difference. And I want to pray for two things. I want to pray for redemption, which means if you know, need to know who Jesus Christ is, you need to come right now. I want to pray for restoration. If you know who Jesus Christ is and you left, you wondered from either Christ or from the church, come back home. Online, in the house, come on back. If you never confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to come on down. So I'm going to do this short prayer. And I'm going to ask you to make a decision for either redemption or restoration. And I want you to move when we give you the opportunity. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you will repeat after me this prayer, because for many of us, it's a reminder of what God has done. Repeat this prayer after me. God, teach me to pray that we'll get your will done. I believe you want people to know who you are the saving power of your son Jesus Christ so right now I thank you for what you did with Jesus you sent him into a sinful world to die for our sins he died on a cross you raised him from the dead and God because of that he has conquered sin Thank you for his atoning work. Right now, 
we are praying for someone to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're also praying for someone who do not know you in the pardon of their sins to come right now. We're also praying for those who have wandered from the fold or the faith to come back and get reconnected. We're claiming it done right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, we just pray for you. If you're watching us online or if you're in, in the church, we just pray for you. When we meant that prayer for you. What can happen right now? I want you to do me this favor. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sins, you're watching us online, on Facebook or our website. Just type in salvation. Type in salvation. Sister Marilyn, am I correct? Somebody will reach out to them by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Somebody will reach out to you. Let you know what you need to do. Our digital ministers are online to let you know what the next steps are. If you're listening to us on YouTube or on telephone, email us at connect.spbcnc.org or call us at the church at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Somebody will reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what you need to do. If you're in the house right now, you don't know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin. You never confessed him. But right now, you heard that prayer. And you're going like, I want to know God. And I, I believe that Jesus died for my sin. If that's you, I just want you to do me this simple favor. Wherever you are right now, would you move? Just walk. Come on down. Come on down. If you're in the house, you don't know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin. Would you come on down right now? Would you come on down? We would love for you to understand what that looks like. What that looks like what that looks like. If you're in the house, would you come on down right now? If you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going, like, ah, I need, I, I, I need, I need to offer myself to Christ. Now is your chance. Here's my other call. If you're here and you're saying, listen, pastor, I'm already saved. I've been baptized. I know who Jesus Christ is, but I don't have a church home. I'm looking for a church home. I don't have a church home. I'm not connected to a church. I've been bouncing around from place to place. Uh, Listen, I would love for you to make St. Paul your church home. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you don't have a church home right now, you're not connected to a church, uh, and you would love to roll with us and do life with us, I would love for you to come down. If that's you, would you move right now? Would you move? If you're in the house, would you move right now? Would you move? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Here comes another. Here comes another. Amen. Come on, come on down, my sister. Come on down. Come on down. Here comes another. We just baptized him, and he wants to, he wants to unite with us. Come on. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? We want y'all to maintain social distance. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? We have people who are joining us online. We have people who are joining us in physical space. The way that the Lord is doing church in 2021 and beyond is going to be absolutely crazy. Amen. Amen. Here's my last call and this goes back to restoration. If you knew Jesus but somehow you got off course. Life threw some curves your way, messed you up. And you just falling off. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Stop saying I ain't got to go to church to have a relationship or prove a relationship. Because that's a trick of the enemy. Because the enemy wants you disconnected. The enemy wants you disconnected. The enemy wants you to think 
you don't need church now. Church ain't perfect, especially local church. It ain't perfect, but it's the best thing God got going in the earth. But if you wander from the church because somebody said something wrong to you or looked at you crazy or you wonder because you didn't like the pastor or you didn't like certain folks in church, you don't come to church for the pastor or anybody else anyway. You ought to be coming to demonstrate your walk with God. And if you don't join St. Paul, go somewhere because the enemy will keep you connected. But if you want to come back home, you want to be restored, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Ain't nobody going to look at you funny. Don't you come down here with your head hung down. I want you to come knowing that God, I'm about to get reconnected. If that's you, would you move right now? If that's you, would you move right now? Restoration can be yours. Restoration can be yours. Restoration. Come on. Come on, St. Paul. Restoration can be yours. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Restoration can be yours. Restoration can be yours. Restoration can be yours. Will there be another? Will there be another? If you're joining us online, just type in restoration if you're trying to come back. Restoration can be yours. Can be yours. It can be yours. It can be yours. Yes, it can. It can be yours. It can be yours. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another person that needs to say, I want Lord in my life. Is there another person that needs to find a church home and get connected? Is there another person that needs to be restored? Either back to the Lord or back to St. Paul. Come on. I'm begging you. Come on. I'm pleading with you. I'm imploring with you. Come on. Don't, don't go into 2022 haphazardly. Come on with your business fix. With your mind made up. Is there another? 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 Restoration. I want to come back to St. Paul. I want to come back to the Lord. Come on. Come on. Redemption. I need Jesus in my life. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I need a church home. I'm already saved. We'd love for you to do life with us. Come, come on. Come on. Will there be another? 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 